Welcome to Friday Vibes. No scripts, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for Friday Vibes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. Hello, hello. Happy early Friday this time. Friday vibes. No scripts. And let me turn off my my side here. So that was the LinkedIn side. We're tuning in on LinkedIn to do comments. So this is episode 29 of Friday Vibes. No scripts, just chat. And uh, doing it earlier today, you know, so I'm still waking up. I'm having my, you know, my um, my rising tide my focus creamer to wake up. I'm having my magic mind. I think I've taken like four different nootropics since we started this episode. And uh, so I'm getting there. And we have, you know, without further ado, I know first off, we have my humble and great and traveling Pittsburghite co-host here, Wade Yenny. So you're traveling. Yes, I'm in, I'm in uh, coming to you live from uh, Airbnb in the Strip District in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania ready to see uh, Rage Against the Machine in a few short hours from now. So pumped for that. And cool. uh, yeah, it's kind of fun doing this earlier in the morning. You know, I miss it a little bit. It, it, we, we do it when we do it because it, it accommodates my schedule. But, uh, you know, being that I'm on a paid day off today, uh, here we are. Nice. Nothing better than being paid. And they're also seeing Rage Against the Machine and traveling. Exactly. Right. That, that, those are some good perks right there. Right on. So, Wanted to introduce uh, our guest. We're not doing the reveal because everyone and their mom knows that he's joining us today. And I have the shirt on already and he has the same shirt on. I need to get that hat, though. I don't think I have the hat yet. Uh, we have Gavin Conkle. He was on our show before. He's our first first returning guest on our show. Last time when he was on representing Earth Fair. Now he is with Blackbird Foods, one of my, if not my favorite vegan brand in the country. I just love their products, have them all the time. And he is the director of sales for Blackbird Foods. G-Man, how you doing? Hey, doing well, thanks. Glad to be back on the show and repping a, you know, repping a new brand that uh, I'm passionate about. We got awesome products. Uh, the pizza is amazing. The state town is amazing. And we have some cool stuff that we're going to introduce in the market here in a couple months that we're really excited to, to highlight. Awesome. I wanted to get the story behind how you connected with Blackbird. Was it like literally they posted on Indeed and you're like, hey, guys, I want to join you? Or would you have some inside connection where you met them at a trade show or mm. through Earth Fair? Or how'd you meet them? You know, honestly, it's it's kind of a funny story. So uh, I think you guys had been pumping up Blackbird a couple different times on the show, just, you know, prior to even me, uh, you know, being interested in them as a brand. Um, obviously, we were always looking at them as a brand for our retail stores, uh, but they posted on LinkedIn. Um, I honestly think like one of the days uh, that I was watching you guys' show and it was a Friday afternoon and uh, Tia and Emmanuel had posted for a director sales position. I was just like, you know what? Like this is, this is, this is cool. Like really good product, really good pizza. Um, something that I can get behind. And, and I just shot them a LinkedIn message. And, you know, five days later, uh, I was on the phone with, uh, our CEO Emmanuel and, and we were hitting it off and jiving and all that kind of stuff. So that's really how it started. 
Wow. Alex, I'm thinking uh, this, you know, this is a service we could offer. You know, we're connecting people. I feel like if we were recruiters, we would get a percentage of Gavin's salary, not out of Gavin, but Emmanuel <laughs> would owe us some money right now. So I feel that's, you know, there's something, there might be some legs in this thing. What do you think? Yeah, Friday vibe staffing. Feel yeah. the vibe, hire the vibe. Like um, it. Like it. I mean, we're, we're already doing Apple Apple support. You know, we, we right. started doing that last week, showing people how to do screenshots on their Apple phones. So we might. I think we're starting to diversify our divisions, Wade. Right. No, that's a really it's a really cool story. And, uh, you know, we talked about Blackbird before, Gavin. So I don't feel like we're blowing smoke at them right now that it is. It's great product. Uh, happy for you, buddy. You know, and uh, uh, it's uh, two brands, one buyer uh, is what we're doing today. So. Yep. It's uh, good stuff. You both got the Blackbird shirts on. Yep. See it? Blackbird yep. hat. Yep. I'm going to I'm gonna have to send you guys both some hats. And Wade, I need to get you a shirt. So yes. stay tuned on that one. And I, I got to say that not blowing smoke, just like what Wade said, that this is one of my, this is my favorite. I, I got to say that for Genius, I love wearing our hat and we have hoodies. But as far as shirts go, and we're in the summer, so I don't really need hoodies. And I still need a hat since I'm balding, but that's another story. Um, I wear the shirt everywhere. Like when I went to Vegas and hung out with um, our investor and ambassador, CJ Watson, NBA pro, hung out with Derek Hamby, the WNBA number one team right now, the WNBA. And she's an all-star. She just made the all-star team. I was wearing this in all of the photos with them at the um, Michelob Stadium in Vegas <laughs> watching the game. And then on top of that, I was a speaker at Next Level Summits and I was wearing the shirt. So well, I just publicity. We appreciate yeah, it. I just I mean, I'm like one step away of being on your payroll, you know, Absolutely. Um, not only the commission side, like what Wade was saying, but actually getting paid just to wear this everywhere. Absolutely. You know, Gavin, when you were doing your uh, when you were giving your spiel about the pizza and the Satan, uh, it got me thinking. Satan, not Satan. Yes. No, no, no. I said that that way for a reason. So I, I, I'm picturing Gavin for Halloween dressed like Dana Carvey church lady. And it could it be Satan. Mm. You know, I, 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 I think that could be a good publicity, you know, for for the Halloween season. I push it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the special, the special devil version. So right I wanted to reset the room because we have a lot of comments that are that are um, mm. that are coming in now. And we got also another Blackbird person sighting right here um, doing comments. That's Tia Franzone. But let me get into some comments here. Um, this is also a special episode where it's ask us anything. So uh, because we have the two brands and the one buyer and the one buyer is drinking something. Is that, is our, are you getting the start, getting the party started early or no? No, it's, it's a monster. It's, it's a monster. monster. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you got sponsored by monster, that'd be, that'd be a big sponsor. That would be epic. That would be yeah. epic. So yeah, ask us anything, uh, put it into the comments. Um, and we, again, we have two brands. We have Gavin with Blackbird Foods. We have myself with partially Blackbird Foods and also Genius Juice. I will say and this Blackbird shirt goes excellent with the jean jacket. It really does. I mean, it's like, you know, um, we're, we're, what city are you in now, Gavin? Uh, Charlotte. So Charlotte. that's the thing. So like last time I was on the show, I was out in Puerto Rico celebrating my and wife's uh, first year anniversary of marriage. And and I, I can't remember if I wore the jean jacket on that show too. I can't remember. Um, but uh, we were living in Asheville, obviously working at Earth Fair there. And then... Uh, we relocated here in the Charlotte market, which is amazing. Like it's, it's, 
uh, it's super hot. Um, but I think it's super hot everywhere in the country right now. Um, but uh, we're happy to be here. It's it's obviously close to the airport hub, which is really important for sales. And then simultaneously, there's it's, it's a big city and there's a lot of things to do here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it's cool that um, Charlotte's amazing. My 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 one of my parents was raised in Charlotte and then his that's my dad and my sister and, and his sisters are still in Charlotte and they've stayed in Charlotte and they raised families in Charlotte and they've been there for 30, I think 40, 45 years now. And they're still in the same house in Charlotte. And my uncle is like, he told me years ago, he's like, Charlotte is like one of the best places to buy real estate and still is to this day. It's the most affordable and also growing at the highest percentage each year. I don't know if that's still happening now, but yeah, it's 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 solid real estate out there. It's blowing up. Like there's so many apartment buildings going up, so many housing developments going up. Like it's, it's growing at a rapid rate. Um, you know, from a rent standpoint, which is what we're doing currently, uh, from earth there and, um, Asheville, you know, we're actually saving money moving out to Charlotte. So that's been, that's been really nice. And it's bigger. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, next time out there, dude, we're hanging out. It's it's it's. Um, I know I'm going to Ohio soon. Uh, I'm going to maybe not Wade's backyard. I'm going to Youngstown. Yeah, no, that's no one's backyard. No, one's <laughs> backyard. I mean that's where they bury people, Alex. That's that's like <laughs> mafia. No, no lie, no lie. Uh, our Uber driver, our Uber driver last night from the airport uh, is uh, was moonlighting as an Uber driver, and he is a police chief for a small town closer to where we're at here on the Ohio yep. side. And uh, we, we were talking about Youngstown he was, he was pretty much reiterated what I just told you. No one likes it there. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's not, what would take you to Youngstown? I mean, were you, are you being we punished? Have a there. We have a partner there that, okay. that, that helps us with logistics and, okay. and shipping. And uh, my, my plan is to um, fly out there. Obviously I'm not going to drive, fly out there, land Uber, to the corporate headquarters, meet with them, try to kind of just do this, you know, just look straight ahead. Don't look out the windows, go to the corporate headquarters, have the meeting, Uber back to the plane, back home. So it's like, so oh, maybe you, you flying into Cleveland. I don't know. I haven't booked the flight yet. I was going to say, I don't think there's airport close to, well, it's either Pittsburgh or Cleveland. It's got to be one or the other. Youngstown's kind of in the middle. Okay. How many yeah. hours is it outside of the Cleveland Youngstown? Feel it's a- probably an hour. Okay, that's not I'm bad. Guessing, yeah, okay, that'd, be a, that'd be a pricey Uber. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll. You know why? Car. Because no Uber driver wants to go to Youngstown. Yeah, I think that's in their. I think it's in their notes. Like, I think it's Uber's policy. They don't go there. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. a blacklisted city. Wow, exactly. we're really just hating on Youngstown. Let's uh, right. let's change the subject here. Let, I'm going to read some comments here on because there's a lot going on. We got some uh, good ones here at the bottom. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll start from the bottom and I'll go to the top. How about that? So we're getting warmed up. So Tia Franzone, Blackbird Foods. Oh my God, I love that Alex Bear wore our shirt with all the stars. Very cool. And I'm going back out there to Vegas. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna continue. I you know L.A. has so many of these hipster spots. You know Venice, Abbot Kinney, Silver Lake, um, Redondo Beach because that's where I am. So I make it hip. And I just wear the shirt around. So yeah, there'll be some sightings. Um, Diversify your services, Patrick Auden. I should get a founder fee, Tia. <laughs> yep, Tia. I, I, I uh... she, she, uh, she scouted you. 
I scouted her. Like, I mean, obviously she'd work, worked with us and stuff like that, but I shot her LinkedIn. I mean, that's how it all started. Nice. Very cool. So thanks to you. You made the connection. We, well, me, we made the connection start right. the LinkedIn network. <clears throat> and then Gavin just got it to that next level and then, and then, and reached out to her. Uh, David Mesa, what's up, fellas? Uh, a couple no, David, more. Matt, David's, Matt David's a super cool guy. If you guys don't know David, he's a, he's a man's man. He, he's got so many connections in the industry. He's got so much knowledge. Um, yep. I actually need to hit him up here pretty soon. Yeah, cool. David's a good guy. Good guy. Alex, there was a question. I don't, my message or comments are kind of jacked up. Um, there was one earlier from Kenny um, for Gavin with regards to uh, transitioning from from retailer to brand. He, he, it's not showing up in my comments now, but I saw it when we, it was like one of the first comments we had. So I'll okay. ask it. I'll ask it, Gavin, sure. on behalf of Kenny from Hawaii. Uh, tell us about the transition good bad pros cons let us have it yeah so you know it's uh from where i was at earth fair as the vice president over there you know overseeing a lot of things and doing a lot of different tasks on the day-to-day basis like you don't really get a slowdown period in the day uh sometimes not even on the weekends right and then when you're opening stores all the time for going back to two and a half years or whatever it was like there's there's not a lot of downtime. So that's been the biggest adjustment is just working at that breakneck 200 mile per hour pace and then kind of slowing back to just normal speed limit. Right um, now, I will say the first two and a half, three weeks here, it's been a learning curve. Right. Like you have to you know, learn your brokers. You have to learn your retailers. You have to learn what's going on in the retailers that you're in. And then you have to start figuring out what's next right or what's upcoming and all that kind of stuff so it's still a pretty good pace but it's hyper focused in sales right so we're obviously trying to grow blackbird as a brand um and get into more doors but then simultaneously the stores that we are in we have to be taking care of them too um and then the you know inflation and all that kind of stuff plays a factor into uh what we're doing as a company and and how that could potentially change in the future and things like that so uh, it's been a lot, but it's been super fun. Like I, I think getting in uh, to where we're at today with Blackbird, you know, by the end of this year, we're going to be in 2000 plus doors across the country. So that's awesome. Um, but we're still relatively small companies and there's so much opportunity and so much growth. And I think the cool thing with Blackbird is it doesn't just fit in natural organic. It kind of fits everywhere. Um, you know, the 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 super conventional stores that are only ever going to sell, you know, Oreos and Coke and Pepsi and things like that. Maybe it doesn't fit there, but any hybrid out there, it totally has a home for. Um, I think Alex and Wade, you guys have tried the product. You know what a good pizza tastes like. And when you bite into this pizza and when you bite into this crust and, and feel those ingredients, um, there really isn't anything else like it in the vegan category. Yeah, it's, it's it's really affordable. So, sorry, uh, wait. No, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I don't disagree with yeah. anything of what you said with regards to where it fits or doesn't fit. What I, w- I would just say that as as um, vegetarian, vegetarian uh, vegan lifestyles become more predominant everywhere um, and or uh, flexitarian, I think that just having that out there, I think, is going to open more doors in the conventional side just because those options need to be available and, and there aren't a lot of good options at all. So to have a great option, 
and 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 be fit those those dietary needs. I think I think it's gonna it's gonna be a good thing for sure. But yeah. Yeah, to kind of wrap up the question though, I think you know the transition isn't good. Um, I've definitely been able to slow down like my life, which has been nice, um, uh, but still keep a pretty good pace on the day to day, which is which is one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, make the transition. You know, the, I could just feel, you know, not, not a suffocating, uh, state, but like, you know, just, just a tightening state. And I, I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it goes back to the work-life balance is that you have to enjoy what you're doing. And if you're like stressed out all the time and getting burned out and you're not really enjoying the journey, then there's not really like the long term. You're like, what am I doing here? Right. Do I want to do this for another two or three years? Because now, like, you're looking at, you know, then Gavin, I remember last time we on your last show, like, you know, went out, you know, vacation with your with your uh, with your wife. You're probably going to start planning a family at some point. So, like, looking towards the future. Right. Do I really want to do this for another three, four or five years? And what am I going to feel like in three, four or five years? And I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, starting with a company that's on the ground floor or starting to grow. Blackbird, like you said it yourself, it's still a very young company. Yep. You know, you guys are you put you guys are, I would guess you're probably under 10 or 15 million in revenue, but you're growing rapidly and you're getting in more doors. And so you're catching them at a time where you know it's a great product, great team, uh, great brand, great name. And now it's just scaling it, right? It's just yeah. and that's that's, 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 that's the that's the funnest part too, right? So like, you know, and I can remember talking to Emmanuel and T about this, but you know, the the same things that I was able to build in the last two and a half years at Earth Fair from the ground up, because, you know, a lot of the people still don't know that Earth Fair liquidated everything. Um, so you, I had to rebuild everything out there, um, you know, from a team to what the store looks like, to the what the assortment looks like, to what mm -hmm. the you know, marketing programs look like the co-op programs, everything. Right. So um, now we're able to kind of take that heat or I've had that experience. And now it's like I can kind of help do that same thing here. Uh, there is a foundation, too, which is great. And it's just now building on that foundation. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can say that um, from building genius from pretty much nothing. What was it was an idea to where we are now, even though we're still a small brand, like it's so much work. However, it's so rewarding. And you can take so much ownership with it, right? Yeah. And like being a director of sales, like without sales, the company will fail, right? I mean, it's an obvious statement. So you are the direct connection to getting this brand into more stores, making it more mainstream. And um, and also, you know, encouraging, encouragingly, like the brand Cauliflower, right? Where they were the first to have this cauliflower crust. Now, I, I've, I'm not a fan of cauliflower crust. Um, what for whatever reason i rather have just the the unbleached flour what 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 blackbird does it's a little gluten like whatever it's fine it's healthy it's clean i don't mind gluten okay like people are like oh my god i can't have gluten. do like the reason there's celiac disease or celiac issues or digestive is because it's the source of the flour mm -hmm. if it's clean your body's not going to react as much to it at least mine doesn't and I would say that Power, I got off track there, but Power, they scaled, they went from natural and they jumped right over to conventional and they're really growing there. And their conventional business is now bigger than their natural business. Yeah. So I see that with like Blackbird that 
Um, it's on a trend now that's not going away and will never go away. And I think like, you know, Beyond Meat is different. Beyond Meat try to do plant-based meat. And that's a big jump to me. Like people love meat and it's hard to get away from meat if you love meat. Um, and actually McDonald's, that's another story. They just canceled the McPlant burger nationally. Mm. There's no more Beyond Burger at, at McDonald's. Mm. Failed. It completely failed. Wow. But when you take pizza, pizza is a natural, I think, a great jump to go from regular pizza to vegan pizza. And there's already vegan options for pizzas as well. There's plain and there's margarita, you know. Yep. So I think it's a great jump and um, it's going to work, man. And I, I've been a vegetarian for 17 years. I, I was a vegan for seven years. And I said this on previous episodes, but I'm saying it again because you're on here that it's just it gives you that it gives you the the experience of a real pizza without know you're having a vegan pizza. A hundred percent. And like, you know, quality matters. Right. So if someone's going to buy your product on sale and fall in love with it and they love that product, they're going to buy it off sale. And that is every brand's dream. Right. And um, I think that's what we have here. Um, once you, if you're a vegan and you try this pizza or a flexitarian and try this pizza, you're not really going to be able to tell the difference if it's, if it's a conventional regular franchetta pizza or whatever, like you're, you're just going to say, this is really, really, really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quality and ingredients is everything, man. And uh, yep. too many, there's too many vegetarian products that are really shitty. That's the problem. They put in ingredients that are really not good. I'm like, why would I ever have this? Uh, I'd rather yeah. eat, you know, and it's like, and it's like at the end of the day, pizza is pizza, right? So, you know, pizza is, is it's not necessarily great for you, right? Like you're, you're not going to go work out and then say, well, I'm going to eat something healthy and throw a pizza in, right? Like pizza is just a, it's just a thing everybody eats. So I, I think, um, you know, you just got to, provide a premium product and that's what we're doing yep There's we're some, getting uh, hammered with questions guys I, we're getting hammered. I, I don't know I, i've been trying to uh to uh, multitask here so the first one that i see is from martin stoops yeah uh broker or no broker let me get that's that there's it's up further ally that's why i was trying to keep yeah, it we're uh, behind yeah yeah there you go that's the brand on broker or i can handle this one i think so you know i think that just depends on your brand really um I think from the retailer retailer side, and I think Wade can attest to this, it's really difficult for category managers, directors, VPs to manage uh, a plethora of folks that have no brokers. Uh, but I think also Alex can attest to this too. Like when you first start out, you probably can't afford a broker and you have to knock on doors yourself. So there's kind of an in-between. At some point, you're probably going to need to scale up and grab one. Um, but you just need to make sure that that person is, you know, that brokerage is right for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I would piggyback on that and say that, uh, you know, there certainly as you as you scale and get bigger and, and start knocking on larger doors, there may be some requirements to have a broker. Um, but but to Gavin's point, if you're starting just starting um, knocking on doors yourself, a broker might benefit you with relationships and, and being able to connect you with with buyers or have, having those. But it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. I can speak to small, medium, medium-sized groups that I've been with. Uh, it wasn't a requirement by any means. Um, might might be easier to open the door for you. But uh, again, to Gavin's point, is is the biggest thing with a broker is you. it has to be that fit and that accountability has to be there that you're getting what you pay for. You know, whether that's 
you know, whether that's getting on the shelf, whether that's uh, merchandising, whatever it is that 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 service they're telling you they're going to give you, someone on your team has to hold that broker and or brokers if you're in multiple parts of the country accountable for the services you're paying for because that's the biggest miss is hiring a broker and then not getting anything in return yeah yep. it's it's hard to uh really add to what both these gentlemen already said because they covered i think almost everything here when it comes to brokers but i i look at the quote from robert de niro and casino which is if you want to do something well you got to do it yourself and there are specific brokers that are damn good at what they do. Um, I mean, shout outs to like Moscow Group, you know, Target. I think they're excellent. And Target demands or they're like, we, we want to work through a broker. Yep. They, they, you know, they even Moscow even has an office in Target's headquarters. That's how intertwined and strong the strong connection that they have in relationship. But for a majority of accounts and retail partnerships, I don't think you need a broker. Like you can go in, like it's, it might be a little harder to get in the door than you're the one presenting. It's the passion from the founder or the director of sales or a co-founder or whoever. And that kind of passion across the table is going to just do much better. And you're going to really increase your chance to get in the door or to get in on the shelf, I should say. And this, the, the part that I do not like about brokers is like, if they're representing 10 brands and there's a meeting and they're just like, Oh, here's Rising Tide. Here's Salty. Here's Ron. You're like, you know, 10 different brands. How are you ever going to spend time and focus and have passion for one of those brands? Yeah, we, we, we talked about that. We talked about that. And I think there's a new wave of brokers coming that are a little bit more brand friendly and more hands on with yep. ownership of the brands. To your point, when, you know, they're only going to represent one brand in any specific category so that if they're signed up with Blackbird, they're not going to take on another pizza, another frozen pizza. And, and I think, you know, I, I've expressed this, I believe, um, on the podcast before, but maybe I haven't. I've witnessed firsthand brokers represent multiple, multiple lines within a category review, whether it's, you know, just call it condiments. Um, the last thing you want is, is your broker representing, you know, four different competitive brands in the same space that you're in. I mean, it's just they're they're gonna they're not gonna have your best interest at heart in that case it's just gonna if they get one on the shelf they're gonna be happy they're not gonna be able to do due diligence to all four brands it's just not realistic yeah sean sean has a pretty good point though at the bottom like once you do scale uh you know to a certain point though you can't do it all yourself like that is just you know from california to new york like that's just too many accounts i mean you could do it probably but you wouldn't sleep and you'd you'd be uh you'd just be in mass chaos because you know kind of like similarly how we launched in fresh market over the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah, we've had some issues with that launch and, you know, we've had to get unified account managers involved and, you know, the supply chain issues, blah, 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 like all that stuff. But it takes time out of someone's day or multiple people's day to get through that issue. Right. So we're not a broker in that instance for that one specific issue. It saves you time where you could be actually selling to, you know, another retailer as an example. Exactly. And I think like, you know, Wade said it and Patrick is kind of hitting on it is accountability where uh, brokers can be great. Uh, there's, a, there's a partnership and we talked about this as well as like you can't just set it and forget it. OK, here are the sell sheets. Here's the information. Now go and go sell for us and, and call me when you close an account. 
it has to be an ongoing building a relationship, just like anything, you know, have a monthly call, have a bi-monthly call and talk about what accounts that they're going after and how can you be involved and how can you actually help the sales process? Uh, Alex, I would, I just interject, like I would, what you just said is 100% accurate. Like if you're a good category manager, director, whatever, uh, on the buying side, those recurring meetings are so critical because then to Sean's other point, you can show 13 brands in a single review, um, but you have to know the buyer well enough to actually do that, right? Like if you just go in there and show 13 brands, there's really not going to be any interest because there's going to be 15 seconds allocated to each of those slides. And, you know, that's all for nothing. But if you have a good relationship with a Wade in this instance, you know, you can go in and say, Wade, I've got, I got to show you 13 lines. You're probably going to like five of them. Let's focus on these five and then save the last eight for, for the last 10 minutes of the meeting and see if Wade has any interest with those last, you know, eight. Right. Agreed. Exactly. Um, there's a, there's a question from Bill, uh, Gavin, any plans for mushrooms in your awesome products should, and he said shiitake seitan. Uh, well, we have kale mushroom pizza, so that's that's a start. Um, I don't know if we have any uh, immediate plans for any shiitake mushrooms or anything like that, but um, that certainly would be interesting. It would be definitely more premium uh, <laughs> uh, than the mushrooms we probably use today. Yeah, and shiitake has that nice kind of jerky, you know, meat jerky yeah. kind of texture to it. Yeah. yeah. And Alex, there's one right below that from David Delcourt. Yeah, let me go to that. Uh, I'm going to start focusing a lot more on the comments here. There's so a David here with Grown As Mac. With new product launches in the coming months, are you accommodating for inflation, your pricing model? I'm sure you are. Yep. Our bullet supply costs are coming down in pricing where we may have 18 months, we, where we may have had, had 18 months ago. For Wade, are higher prices the new norm on shelf? Yeah, so I will say first, I believe uh, David's trying to be PC. I believe the brand has grown ass Mac. He just put the <laughs> asterisk there. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. 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 So Thanks um, for being polite on here, but you don't. You don't yeah, he's being it. well. I mean, if that's the brand name, it is what it is. Right. So um, but as far as as far as higher prices, are they the norm? Well, certainly uh, and, and, and Gavin can certainly piggyback on this for me, but as a, as a retailer, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm accountable for sales and profit. Right. And I certainly can't just sit back and absorb higher price and not pass them on in some fashion. That being said, I think it, you know, is it the norm? It's, it's becoming the norm right now for where we live. But uh, you know, what, what my team does is, you know, we try and as, as those prices come to us, we try and pass it as much as to protect our margin as far as our targets go. Um, but then we also have to keep an eye on our competitive, uh, the atmosphere out there. And, and you know, it's it's different in the channel that I'm in now because it's, it's kind of a hybrid with conventional specialty and a little bit of everything. So I have to be cognizant of those conventional co competitors out there that may not reflect those price increases as fast. I, I feel like the specialty and the smaller natural side are more more likely to pass those prices on quicker because their margins are higher. Uh, conventional, you know, typically they hang their hat more likely on value and they're more, they're more likely not to pass it on as quick or to the extent that someone on the other side is. So um, what goes up must come down at some point, I hope. Uh, and I, I think 
we're starting to see a little bit of a decrease in traffic as far as those increases are coming through. Uh, but, but they're still, they're still pretty, pretty heavy. I don't yeah. Know. And I would just say, and add to that too, like, you know, every retailer is responsible for sales and margin, right? So if you're getting a thousand or 2000 or 3000 increases a month and you're eating that, like now you're eating into your profitability that you can share with your employees or reinvest in your stores or whatever. So um, I know that there's been some comments on LinkedIn over the last you know six months where uh, retailers really want brands to look at the cost increases. But at the end of the day, like if they eat though, or if the brand eats the cost increase, then that brand becomes less profitable, either will pull promotions or will go out of business because they can't, you know, they can't make it work. Um, and I think everybody just has to realize too, that we're in a really, really weird time. I mean, the last, I guess, two, three years now, we've went from a, a, a pandemic ridden society where, um, you know, there, there's severe impacts to the supply chain, se severe impacts to the labor market. Uh, the economy now is kind of, you know, going somewhat sideways. So like all these factors are all kind of like aligning at the wrong time, uh, but it's happening. And we just have to adjust. Uh, retailers have to adjust. And then the same thing with brands. Uh, and then ultimately with the retailer, um, I think if you're going to hang your hat on getting traffic in your store, you have to be very competitive on your, your bread and butter items, right? Your milks and eggs and things that people need every single week to get those people shopping your store and to have that competitive advantage against a competitor. And if you don't do that, then you're then you're probably going to start losing more foot traffic because Walmart, Meyer, Kroger, whoever else out there, HEB, um, you know, they're focusing on those things and they're trying to market to, uh, you know, their specific demographic and their specific shoppers. It's, it's really interesting, Gavin, you bring that up because I didn't really notice that until you brought it up um, where the staple commodity items are literally to me, what I've seen, like the eggs and the bread, the produce, the stores are really working hard to keep it at the same price as much as possible. Because like, I see that a consumer that goes into, let's say a Whole Foods and they're like trying to buy something, if the price goes too high, a commodity item, they can easily switch to like a Vons or a Sprouts or, you know, let's say East Coast Fresh Market, right? Instead of a Whole Foods um, or instead of a Sprouts. And so, but the, the, the things that I see going up the most are specialty items that you may not find in other retailers. And usually specialty items are the most expensive, you know? So like Mark Samuel at Iwan, I mean, his chips went up to above $5. They used to be $3.99. Uh, ours went up to $5.99. Um, but in our set, I think what, what, what I'm concerned about is that there is a recession looming People are, oh, is it going to be a real recession or not? I think it is going to catch up to us where consumers are spending less and less money on some of these goods where the price is too high and they're substituting it for lower price products. And if people are buying, you know, less items in the, in the store, then those companies are going to produce less and have less jobs. And then people are going to be unemployed so that it's going to start to catch up that kind of cycle. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm really concerned where in our set alone, all of our competitors and the mean way to talk about this, like the Koyas, the Rebels, Remedy Organic, you know, um, Forger, Smoothies, 
they're all now above five dollars. Almost all of them are above five dollars when they used to be at three ninety nine. So we we raised our price a year ago because we do international supply chain. So we got hit incredibly hard by this very early. So I think brands now are looking for ways. You know, if you can't if you can't raise the bridge anymore with price, you got to lower the water. And like the biggest struggle is how do brands keep the costs down without sacrificing quality of ingredients? Like that's mm-hmm. the hardest part. And like, you know, maybe you can do a, you know, shrinkflation, a lesser size, but you also want to have value to the consumer, right? I don't want to go to a six ounce bottle that could be for, you know, a kid and, you know, an adult's like, dude, I can, I can crush that in like three seconds. So I think brands need to get more creative and more protective of their margins. And like from the brand perspective, if you are not at a gross margin of 50%, you're gonna have issues. Like I've learned from this when you take in freight, logistics, trade spend, MCBs, OIs, like all the things that, you know, Wade is seeing from the other side of the table that brands are submitting and they need to, to support the stores and retailers, you need to leave a lot of room to market your product. And that's just, to build a brand like Blackbird, you got to market it, right? People yep. need to try the pizzas and then they'll buy it for life. Yep. And I think there's some going to be some specialty out, items out there that win, um, uh, you know, that can win at any time, right? Your product might be one of those. Um, where I think people will probably start trading down is like in the pasta section and the pasta sauce section and stuff like that. Like, are you going to pay $8.99, $9.99 for Real's pasta? Uh, or pasta sauce, or are you going to trade down to the private label or to the middle tier pasta sauce? Because like at the end of the day, you're just, I mean, is that going to be that dramatic uh, with a finished cooked meal? Rattles probably would say yes, but for the majority of Americans and, and people that make that stuff, probably not. Yep. I'm going to go back to some comments here um, as well. Um, some really and- good interaction on this one. Yeah, this is we're we're breaking records here. I mean, we had, you know, the attendance is double what we normally have. And uh, a lot of people are on right now. So let me make let me get to comments and questions as much as I can. I'm just going to blast through this. Um, Man, there's so much to to look at here. Tia, Grand Zone, we're seeing this is I'm going to go really fast. We're seeing the plant based fatigue and retailers. However, a lot of retailers are saying they want OG and not lab made plant-based products. So more innovation in the lab is being canceled. Your thoughts. I want to slide in really quickly and say, I I cannot stand anything that has preservatives or extra ingredients to make it taste like meat or whatever. Like F all that. We need to get back to regular, good, clean food. And like, that's where plant-based brands like Blackbird is going. And And I think we talked about it. We touched on that a little bit earlier too, with regards to beyond and and whatnot. Yeah. You know, you know who hates beyond more than anyone that I know is Kirk Bysola and Jeremy Smith. (laughs) Like they will, they will at any, you know, and there's a plug for them, maybe, you know, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, but like they will take any opportunity to take shots at them on their podcast. Yeah. Even if they say the word beyond in a different context, like, oh, and speaking of beyond, beyond meat sucks, you know, what <laughs> do. but no, no one on here, at least uh, us three, have you guys invested in beyond meat at all in the, in the market? Nope. I, so very quick side story. And I'll get some more comments um, that I remember when beyond meat first went public and then the, the pandemic hit, they were at $110 
and Jim Cramer, all these like experts are like, you've got to go into Beyond Meat. You've got to buy it. It's going to double. It's going to triple. So I went into Beyond Meat at 120 and it went up to like 140. And then I just, I'm like, dude, okay, this is the best it's ever going to get. And I sold it. I think it hit like 150 or 160 or something at the peak. I think now it's at like $30 or $40. (laughs) So they got, they got hit pretty hard. Um, Lexi, or go ahead with yours. There's one from Lexi Gutierrez. That's really good too. Yeah. So Marsha Yensko category management is hard to do as well. Um, Patrick just, Shout out. He mentioned, I spoke to Wade months ago to ask advice. I'm working on keeping a portfolio complimentary. I think brands like like brokers and, and master, master sales organizations like Be Driven, they're doing the same thing. Like when they interview you, if they bring you on as a brand, Luke Abbott, the CEO founder, he's like, I want to make sure there's no one else competing with Genius when I bring you know your brand on. Okay, let's go to, let's go to Lexi. I'm a direct Lexi Gutierrez Goldfarb. I'm a director of sales and branding and branding. So I have the pleasure, pleasure of straddling two opposite sides of a company. As a sales director, how do you implement marketing into your sales strategy to have the two sides work synergistically to drive growth? Gavin, you want to handle that one? Yeah. So I think we're working on this right now with Blackboard, which is great. Um, I think, you know, every Friday we have a team call and it's a video for the most part and we just interact with each other. So we, Communication is the first and, and most important thing, I think, with any company. Um, so we're working on uh, just being more communicative with our efforts on the sales side. What we are seeing, kind of like to the questions that T is asking in this, um, how can we take some of this information that we're getting from buyers or what we're seeing in the market? And then how can we incorporate that on the marketing side? Um, also, I think there's things that we can um, you know, collaboratively talk about, too. It's just like, when we're talking about Blackbird specifically, how do we want to how do we want to phrase ourselves, or how do we want to how do we want to have everybody's perception of us be? Do we want to be cool and hip and unique, uh, or do we want to be corporate, right? So, like, you have to figure out what your vision is for your company and try to incorporate that into marketing. So, you know, if you think you're cool and hip, your marketing has to reflect that. So, I think communication is some of the most important things there. Um, but then just the collaboration piece, right? I think that's I think that's super super important. Um, Wade, anything? I just want to get to more questions. No, I was going to say, go ahead. I, he nailed it. He nailed it. I see one coming up that I probably will take. So Mary, just uh, just a quick shout. I think she's a, a newer attendee of Friday Vibe. She's part of the Friday Vibe tribe now. Mary Bent, Bent Doll. Yes, that's yeah. why we use shiitake. So they have a product. We're talking about shiitake mushrooms and how they kind of give that nice meat texture. All right, um, David Delcourt. He corrected me. It is grown as Mac. I I like yeah. grown as Mac, but grown as Mac is cool too. I have to check the brand out. Oh, man, if bitchin' sauce yes. can do, use bitchin' exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Mudwater, I mean, you know, you see his commercials, like everyone asks me what the F is in your cup. It's called mud. <laughs> you know, it's like you see that on every YouTube freaking, I could be watching YouTube of, Taylor Swift or golf or food or ingredients. And I see that freaking commercial everywhere. Yeah. Um, But anyway, um, they use a, they use an asterisk for uh, F your coffee. You ever see that one? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Are you, are you allowed to put, (laughs) this is a funny question. Are you allowed to put swear words with an asterisk on a label in a store? What is, what, uh, did, 
Does do anything? I was like, gonna say, what's the definite? What's the definition of a swear word, though? Because like uh, f, f asterisk ck. Well, but uh, I was gonna say, like Stone has had the arrogant bastard for years. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good. I don't know why you couldn't. I, I but I think I think there might be some hesitancy for was, a retailer to pick it up. I remember when I first brought in. I mean, this is going back 15, 20 years ago. Uh, when I brought in Stone Arrogant Bastard, I had to quote unquote sell it to my to my <laughs> to my owner and say, "Hey, it, it's a it's 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 okay, you know. I mean, it's okay." But yeah, was it in Jimbo's? Arrogant no, no, Bastard. this is back in Ohio. This is exactly. literally back yeah. in the day. This is years did, and years ago. So you think yeah. Jimbo's would go for that? Um, I know. I forget. I had I, I had to push to get Liquid Death in. There was there was but because there was this connotation with death and the pandemic and all this different stuff that it really, it really was a push. It took me probably six, maybe eight months to get it in. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. I would, I would have had it in and, and, you know, I would have, I would have done some pretty creative things with the marketing behind it, uh, it as far as, as far as um, promoting and whatnot. And uh, I, I was told no. And, and, but I kept pushing about every six or eight weeks. I'd say, please, and you know, bring it in. And well, finally, just because of the death part portion, yeah, of it or what? yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it just the the message wasn't resonating with with them as far as you know. Why do we need something? There's so many other alternatives. Why do we need something with death? And I'm like, eh, well, you know, it's it's out there. It's it's everywhere. It's at Live Nation. It's you know it's everywhere so now. I mean, it's on like. I think it's on like Joe Rogan podcast at this right. point. You know, well, I think like, uh, Whole Foods network. brought it in, and I think that kind of yeah. opened up some more eyes too. That it was like, yeah. okay, it's okay. I remember, so. I remember seeing the first displays at Whole Foods and seeing Liquid Death. I was just like, is this coffee? And I yeah. remember talking to their chief sales officer uh, after I saw that. I'm just like, so tell me about your brand. Like I yep. hit him on like then, and we 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 had a 20 minute meeting or whatever. So yeah. um, pretty. I mean, they've done amazing. Their marketing is top notch. Their swag yeah. is top notch too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're doing something right where you have um, a buyer that's pushing every month to go into a retailer, pushing with the owner. Like it's like the, there's like pent, there's demand to get it in. And um, our sponsor a couple of weeks ago, you know, Boxy, where we, we did our, you know, the advertising um, on the truck, the wrap on the truck. And he does this across the country. Neil Pecanino, they uh, Liquid Death is one of their customers where they wrap trucks that just, when they launched nationally in 7-Eleven, that's when they sent these trucks out that literally just have the advertisement and it's carrying other items. It may not be carrying liquid death or genius juice. So not to be a plug or anything, but my main point of the story is that the truck wrap, um, Neil, Neil Pecanino, the, the, the owner of Boxy, he said when he first got the art from liquid death on what they were going to put on the truck. He thought it was, he's like, is this real? Like you're actually going to put this on a truck. Murder your thirst, man. They, they nail it. They just nailed it. It was a, the headless henchman with like the scythe in his yep. hand. Like that was what they put on the truck and it was, it, and it worked. Um, let me get some more questions here. Let's see. Yeah. There's one right below that comment. I just, I just hit a button to go to the bottom. Um, which one was that? Um, it's from Mary. It's right underneath David's comment there. There you go. Are you seeing, uh, and we're going to, I think what we'll do now is we'll have like one person answer and then we'll just keep blasting okay. through and we'll see who, who wants to take it. Are you seeing, it's like the family feud. The first one hit the button. Are you seeing a trend where stores are being more selective with new products because of inflation? And I'll take that one. I, I, what I would say is it has, inflation hasn't changed 
our mythology with regards to our item selection. We're still looking at data in the markets, you know, and, and trends and things of that nature. We really can't at this point, we're not we're not factoring in inflation. It's it's just we're still curating based on on who we are and what we want to do, not and not letting inflation factor in. Now, that being said, we might look at the category and see what we have price points and, and trying to hit different levels, but it's not going to be a predominant factor in, in our decision making. Innovate or die. Yep. Yep. Stephanie Huey, um, it's been a few episodes since we've seen uh, a Stephanie sighting. Agree 100% with your comment, Gavin. Thank you for bringing that up. All right. Uh, what else? Ba -ba 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 -ba. Lexi, what are your favorite? Lexi Gutierrez, what are your favorites? It was so good, right? What are your mm -hmm. favorite ways to effectively support retail launches, especially if the retailers don't allow demos? Gavin, I'll have you take that one. Yeah, Wade can probably tap onto this too. So like, I think I think uh, from being on the retail side, I always would want to see what your movement's going to be for that first month, month and a half before I went crazy and doing anything because you don't want to risk, you know, the DC being out of stock or anything like that. So uh, if a retailer is not doing demos, which, you know, some are, um, then investing in some type of co-op program with a retailer, just trying to build that relationship because that is a metric that, uh, category managers and directors are also expected to hit. Yeah, co-ops are really huge. And like we just did a co-op, I won't say which retailer, but it was a big national sale and they co-opted with us. And the volume was like at least double what we normally do. And of course, it took a little bit off the top for them, but then the awareness and the exposure was enormous. And now the sales yeah. lift has been a lot better yeah. And then also, yeah. you know, depending, if, like if you're a dry good brand, invest in displays, displays at a retailer. If they're if you're paying for that, that is going to inflate your, uh, you know, inflate your velocity turns one to three to 500 percent, depending on what the store is. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to liquid death, they, they got those displays rocking. Yep. So, uh, David, I'm going to take this one. I, I read ahead. David Mesa, it's getting very hard to be profitable. As a brand, when consumers want low prices, retailers want high margins, and ingredient costs continue to skyrocket. Thoughts? Um, go to a different industry. No. Um, so, <laughs> I think you just got to like weather the storm, you know, and look for look for creative ways to get your costs down. Whether that's using alternate ingredients, whether that's shrinkflation, making the the, the packaging smaller. When push comes to shove. You need to protect your brand first. I think a lot of companies put everything else first. They put the retailers first. They put uh, promotions first or giving out free product first. Um, that's all good. You want to build your brand. But if your company is, is hemorrhaging money every month and you have to raise more capital just to stay in business and you're running out of money and your profit is going down, your margin, like you got to look out for number one or your company will not be around in a, in a year or two. So I would say um, go to the right retailers. Like that's, that's just my main advice. Like don't go to a retailer where you're going to pay all these slotting fees and it's going to be a lot of money going out the door. It may a retailer where it's not the best fit for your product. Cause then you have to do all these promotions just to get people to try it and take it off the shelf. Choose a retailer where there's a natural fit the consumer already sees value in your product. They take it right off the shelf and you don't have to lose money on every bottle or every package. Train the customer to what your product is like. That's, 
you hit the nail on the head. Like you got to invest in retailers that don't need to educate their customers 10 different times uh, and make those large substantial investments. Cause that's going to, that'll bankrupt your company. Exactly. I mean, like a case study and we'll move on to the next question is, uh, you know, we launched and I'm very open about this, but you know, and I posted about it, like we launched in, in target and it just wasn't the right timing. We didn't have enough awareness at that point in time. And our price was like, Five ninety nine, guy. It was it was pretty high. I mean, that's really high for Target. So we were like trying to put a whatever square peg in a circle hole, and then like we were just like, oh, it's it's a great product. It's going to sell. The brand's great. And I think a lot of brand owners, including myself, have done this: is you're drinking your own Kool Aid. You're like, this product's going to succeed because I know it's great. It's like, well, I know it's great, but the consumer that goes in and buys Naked Juice every week. Are they going to go from $2.99 to $5.99 to buy another smoothie? Probably not. Um, it, it may work in the you know, Culver City Target, but it's not going to work in all the other targets like in the middle of you know, wherever, right? And wherever, right? In, in, in Santa Barbara, maybe or whatever. But so that that's a, was a big learning lesson for us is like brands want to grow at all costs. That's the wrong way to do it grow slowly, get in the right retailers and maintain a healthy margin. Inch wide, mile deep. Yep. Um, let's see what else. I think someone's going to, yeah, David's going to send you some samples, Wade. Um, back, Gilly. Great show today. Love having you back in the morning. Off to catch my flight. Okay. There's also someone that's tuning in from Europe, I think. I saw that. I saw that. Nice. I don't know if is at the very top. I just, I'd be remiss from Greece. There Dean Toke. Hello from Greece. Great. To, we're, we're international. Hold on. International baby. What's, what's Friday vibe? What's Friday vibes in, 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 you know, the Greek language. I don't know. We have to, we have to look uh, that up. It's gotta be like, it's gotta be like 6 PM there. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, am I missing any other questions here? Guy question. Okay. Uh, okay. Gavin. Jonathan had a good one. That's the CEO of Holy Veggies. So, uh, <laughs> and I just trimmed this up this week. Uh, I don't. I, I I get lucky, man. I honestly uh, let it get pretty bushy. My wife hates it, and then she tells me to trim it up, and that's what I do. Cool. This has been sponsored by, you know, Bic or whoever does all the razors. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Let's go into uh, what we love next. And so let me just get. What music did I play last week? Was it, I think it might have been Daydreaming. Yeah, that was the one, okay. All right, uh, Gavin, you had a couple that you were showing us offline. What do you love this week? So I've been drinking some GT's uh, Ginger Aid. Uh, so that's one of my go-to's. Uh, when I first got in the natural organic industry, uh, GT's uh, Ginger Aid kombucha, raw kombucha that I fell in love with, and it's basically the only one I drink today. Uh, I got samples before I left Earth Fair of Graza. Uh, so this is some amazing products. Um, I think Wade said that they're sold at uh, Fresh Market now, mm -hmm. so I'll give a little, good little plug there. What's cool is you just pour and spray. And, then I, got, and then I got Cholula hot sauce. You can't go wrong with Cholula. Nice. I, and as I said, I'm in an Airbnb in Pittsburgh. I don't have anything except a peachy key monster energy. That's all. I, and a hemp wave foods t-shirt. Uh, but I will say, I'll give one plug because as soon as we push stop on this thing, 
about two blocks down from where I'm staying, there's an awesome seafood slash bar restaurant called Roland's and they make the most amazing lobster roll ever. It's just, it's very simple. It's just lobster meat and butter on some local bread and it's just off the chart. So if you're ever in Pittsburgh, go to Roland's, get a lobster roll, which is what I'm going to do in about 10 minutes. Cool. Is it a, is it beyond lobster or real lobster? No, it's real. It's the real deal. It's legit. It is legit. They don't put any mayonnaise. It's just butter and lobster. Oh, wait, you got wait, you got one more question. Oh, all right. What do I got there? Oh, no, we're gonna get Alex. What does he love before? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just got a couple things here. I mean, I've been drinking this pretty much every morning. I don't even put it in coffee. I just put it in hot water. This is the Rising Tide. Focus creamer with lines made in MCT. And I, I feel it. I mean, I was literally almost brain dead when we started the show. And like, I started drinking it out of this. It's funny. This is, I'm reusing the GT bottle. It, uh, this has the rising tide in it. So GT does not look like this, right? Um, this is water with rising tide in it mixed in. Have you guys tried this flavor? Oh, yeah. I've had lemon berry. I've had lemon berry. Not is, lemon berry with rising tide, but I've had lemon yeah. berry. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, this is water, not rising. Yeah, I'm glad. If kombucha and rising tide, I wouldn't recommend that, but you never know. <laughs> um, that could be a nice collaboration, right? It could be yeah. rising GT or whatever. Um, so anyway, yeah, rising tide. Um, also, I don't know, guys, like this one's really good. This is the blue, blue mystic salty shot. I haven't had that one. And my, my buddy, where he's a VP of operations, uh, Labrado Guerrero, he used to be the VP of ops at Rebel, and now he's the VP of ops at Solti. And they have a plan in San Diego. They're like, I think you know this, Wade, from the Jimbo days. Is that, right. is that glass or is that plastic? It is glass. Wow. Yeah, they're, uh, Ryan, Ryan O'Donnell, the, the founder and, and, and CEO of Solti, he's like, legitimately as pure as you can get when it comes to his products. Like all in glass, no preservatives. It's not HPP, it's not pasteurized. They use a UV filtration. So they use light to remove bacteria to make this, you know, to extend the shelf life. And I really like their product. I mean, it's $3.99 for this. It's not cheap. It has blue green algae. Re-promoting Magic Mind. You guys have got to try this. Really good. It's nootropic energy focus shot and then um last one is uh mad weiss brian good stuff did he, update his, did he just update his packaging uh this is like a new that's a, a chip line. it's not the it's not the fruit it's it's actually it's fruit but it's chips it's not the uh the different like different fruit. segment yeah yeah this is a new line it came out with like a year ago gavin which is gotcha. just all about chips instead of yep. dried fruit. So, yeah. yep. I forgot that I had a question that someone sent me on LinkedIn yesterday, but it was, uh, what would it be a piece of advice you'd give a merchandising company to win with store leadership? Other than the usual show up and be consistent, which are extremely important. From a brand perspective, what would a merchandising demo company have to do to keep their business long or for the long run and not seasonally? Where do you want to take that one? Yeah, so... Did you, you sent that to us, didn't you? Yep. yep. Did you, it was in a text. Okay. I gotta, I gotta yeah. look at it again because, uh, um, so just, you said it, just show up. Um, but beyond, I, I always tell people, and I, I just had this conversation with someone 
yesterday or I don't know. I'm, it's foggy. But um, say uh, say what you'll do and only or do what you'll say. Do what you say and only only say what you'll do. In other words, you know, keep your word and you know, and showing up. You know, don't don't make promises you can't keep and just just be be consistent. Um, be be cognizant of what that store that retailer needs and 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 cater to that you know and and it's just about what works at earth fair might not work at jimbo's or you know and being ready to pivot to what that specific retailer needs and and just be thorough i mean when when a demo company that's what we're talking about right demo is that what I it think was it's like a merchandising, merchandising. merchandising. Yeah. but but when they show up um basically you want to think of them as an extension of your your own employees and so when they're in a store you want them to be respectful professional polite uh customer interaction because a lot of times those people when they're in the store customer perception is they are a employee of the store right or wrong and so you want them to just not just represent your merchandising company well but also think like the retailer i don't know would you agree with that I would for the most part. And then the only thing I would add is just like, you know, I think if you're running a merchandising company, so like a dirty hands or whatever, that's merchandising products, you probably want to follow up with a retailer on a, on a store by store basis and just provide metrics. Hey, my, my, you know, Alex came in and merchandised 20 cases, you know, and cause that shows value, right? Especially, right. especially with where we're at today with, uh, COVID callouts and and uh, the, the labor rates at store uh, at store level anyway, um, I think that's those more impactful graphs or things that you can share that you actually impacted the store. That goes a long way with a retailer. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'll add is that uh, because of labor shortages, which you know Gavin alluded to, going in and throwing a load onto the shelf just helps the store um, so much. Oh. Yeah. Like, building a display like guys, it takes time. Like, you know, those big liquid desk, uh displays that we've been talking about at Whole Foods or Publix, like those are hundreds of cases. Uh, you break a sweat doing that. Your back is sore. Your muscles are sore from doing that. And if you have to go to three stores that day and build that same display, that is that is a workout times three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I when I went to um, I merchandised a bunch of stores around here and I asked them like, I just said, like, you know, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I want to get more space right now. But I asked the person, like, in general, when reps come in, merchandising reps, what do you respond most to? Because you must have like 30 reps coming in every day. And if I were you, I would be maybe a little annoyed by that. And the person said, I'd be less annoyed if they throw more loads. Just help me out, you know, to get the you get the U-boats out help me stock the shelves and yeah. someone who's familiar with that store, right? If like you're you know, with, if you're contracted with 10 brands and you help throw a truck or help unload a truck that day, yeah. that guy's going to remember you for the rest of the rest of the year. It, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And like, like, as mentioned, labor shortages, they're, they're, these people are exhausted. I mean, I can see it when I walk in the stores and they're stressed. So if you can help with that, it's huge. Um, so we have a sponsor this week. Who's our sponsor, Wade? Hmm. Blackbird. Blackbird. I, you know, and I feel I don't even need to give the plug. I feel like Gavin can give the plug or do you, I mean, I will, but do you want to give, do you want me to give the plug? Let me do this first. Friday freebies. 
All right, Gavin, go ahead. No, wait. By all means, yeah. All right, this is this is official because I think we we might have gotten this before Gavin was part of part of Blackbird. So oh, yeah, this, this was, yeah, this one of my books. first invites that he had sent me was you're you're we are going to be sub, uh, sponsoring Friday Vibes like right. July 29th. Yeah. So what we're giving away is one each of their top three pizzas and one each of their top three meat alternatives. Okay. So the pizzas are going to be their Supreme, their margarita, and pepperoni. And again, they're all plant-based vegan. So you don't have to worry if, if you know if you're not a meat eater because they're that's what they do. And they're Satan, uh, Satan, uh, no, they're Satan. Uh, <laughs> their flavors are now uh, okay, I got it. I, I had my curse in the wrong place. Um, original rosemary garlic and Texas barbecue. Uh, so you get one each of the pizzas. And one each of those flavored uh, seitan. So, and uh, wait, I'm just gonna layer on really quick too. Yeah. Uh, Tia, Tia just messaged me, but um, we are launching a new line uh, at the end of September, early October. We will be showcasing this new line at Expo East. So, for everybody that's on or that's seeing this, please stop by our booth. I think it's 1752. But we're coming out with seitan wings. So if they're mm. plant-based wings, they're 17 to 18 grams of meaty protein and only 170 to 180 calories. So we'll have four flavors once the line's launched. Uh, but we're first coming out with Korean barbecue and buffalo. And then uh, after, the after the first of the year, we will have Thai chili and Texas barbecue. So. Mm. We're super. So is that an exclusive? Is that like a world exclusive? Uh, did you just drop a uh, a single here? And I mean, was that was Mike that drop, public, baby. public consumption? I mean, that's we, that's great. That's we had awesome. started we had started flowing that out to select retailers and things like that, but we've started getting a lot of uh, I would say good traction uh, that um, that con are not consumers, but consumers are obviously needed in that too. But retailers think that there's some white space there and uh, we're really excited about it. The packaging looks amazing and the product actually cooks up like an actual wing gets mm -hmm. crispy and then you slab it in some sauce and it's, it's very good. Uh, but the protein call out's huge because a lot of the wings in the category today just don't have that meaty texture. It's more soggy yeah. and uh, you know, we're really excited about it. Cool. What, what's the protein source? Satan. It's all Satan. Wow. See, now, Gavin, go back to what I said. This is that's your opportunity. That's your opportunity. It's I see a marketing campaign for for October. You can, we, can take page, we can take some pages out of the Liquid Death Playbook. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A little devilish. Yeah, I, could, I could see you dressing up like that at the debut at Expo East. Yeah. You know, right. that, that would be, that could be tremendous. That could be tremendous. That would be huge. I mean, yeah. you'd be on across every social media platform. You know, yeah. you'd be on well, and you know what? If you don't want to completely rip off the church lady, you could just be in a minister outfit, right, with a little priest collar, and reading and say, you know, and use steal the catchphrase and do it that way. It doesn't have to yeah. be church lady, but really, I think it has legs. I think it has legs. Um, but the plug, the actual plug, is Blackbird. <clears throat> excuse me, Blackbird Foods is on a mission to make restaurant quality comfort foods out of plants. Founded by chefs, they use fresh vegan ingredients to produce artisanal, hand-tossed frozen pizzas and meat alternative products. So that's the official official plug. Yeah, you guys are you guys are selling the food service, right? Like restaurants that use this product. Yes, absolutely. So that's actually a really good foundation of of uh, 
added revenue for us. So we're really excited about that. The wings are going to be part of that program too. So uh, we'll, we'll launch the wings earlier in food service because the packaging is still getting finalized. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously on the food service side, you don't need that packaging. So uh, but we're really excited about it. Um, you know, the innovation that Emmanuel and Tia and the team have come up with is amazing. Um, I think we're just getting started. Cool. Right on. Okay. So let's get into the uh, couple comments before we get into the question to, to win this prize. And I would say the value, the, the cash value is over $100, but the value and deliciousness is worth, is priceless. How about that? So uh, David Delcourt, Gavin Conkle, and Tia Franzone, I'll be your biggest fan if his wings are as good as your pizza. And Lexi, we'll see you at Expo East, um, <clears throat> dressed as church lady or Satan or whatever. <laughs> One of those two, uh, or a hybrid of both. Um, so questions, I've been writing down some, but I honestly don't have any hard questions. Wade, do you have anything? No, nah, we got to let Gavin do it. It's Gavin. Gavin? Okay, Gavin. you know the drill. What's the drill again? So like there's we've talked there's been tons of content on this thing today. Yes. Yeah. So the drill is um, that was going to be one winner, right? For this. Yeah. Just one winner. One I think, winner because right? it's a big prize. You just ask a question of something that we brought up during the episode, a little bit cryptic, a cryptic. You know, you have to be tuning in for the entire episode to really get this. It could have been 40 minutes ago. It could have been seven minutes ago. But something we brought up that is hard to answer that someone needs to answer to win Blackbird. Man. It could be something personal, like, I don't know. Um, I, I, I got a good one. Okay, I got, so. I, got, I want you to, never mind. You got to ask it, but I have a really good one, but go ahead. If you don't, okay, if you can't so think this, this could this could get a little tricky because I want to tie some of these together. So okay, I want, I want it to be like, a, it's got to be a triple header. So where did I, where was I at? last time during the podcast where did i move from and where do i where do i live now that's good right, right? On. right on that's a good one yeah <clears throat> so this is to win he's easily over a hundred dollars worth uh blackbird foods <clears throat> pizzas and satan satan and uh, gavin can, can you repeat that question one more time yeah so the last time i was on the show where was i and then where did I live and where do I live now? Okay. So you have to answer all three, everyone. There's three answers. Okay. Hold on here. So I think, okay. I think David was the first. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, David, David Delcor was the first to answer all three, right? I'm looking yeah, at David Mess. David Mess has got the right frame, though. So Puerto Rico is where I uh, was. Asheville is where I lived. Charlotte's yep. where I live now. Okay, so David Mesa, wow, wins. Boom. And you're right. shipping to the continental United States. So this is not, if the person from, from Greece won, that would have been an issue for you. <laughs> <laughs> So he's going to send some product out. Uh, email FridayVibes100 at gmail.com to say, hey, I won the prize. And then I will connect you with Gavin at Blackbird Foods and we'll get that out to you. And there you go. Right on. Okay. So um, next week, just as a small preview before we end this episode, because we're over time, as we always are. 
uh, episode 30. We're going to have uh, no, uh, no guests. Um, we're not going to try to top that. We got to have no guests for a while just to let the, the Gavin vibe continue. Uh, but we're going to have a sponsor, which is Pro Pasta with Kate Cash, who I met her at Expo West. I think she sent a video to you, Wade. I remember we yep. did a video for you. Yep. And uh, and then we are going to have a guest in a few weeks. And it's going to be four people on this Ooh. episode. Hmm. And it's going to be, um, I'll say more as we get closer, but it's going to be organized chaos. Um, everyone has opinions and we're all going to be blasting it on this episode. <laughs> So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I just, I love this community, guys. I mean, it's just great. We're helping each other. We're promoting products. Feeling the love. So thank you, everyone, for being here and participating. And this was, this was the biggest show we've ever done. It was the most viewers, the most comments. And I'd, I'd say that, coincidentally, Gavin is on here as well. I think that had something to do with it. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I I love you guys, and uh, it might be the time frame too. I don't want to take all yeah. the credit, but it was also really good content. I mean, there's a lot of really great questions out there from the audience. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, we're I think we'll do this again. Where if you want to ask questions early, <clears throat> you know, the event is created usually on Wednesday, and Wade and I share the link. If you want to go on early and ask questions, I think this question thing really is awesome that we can address and answer and just support you guys uh, however we can. Uh, make sure to give us five stars. I think we're at 56 or 57. 56. So. Yep. What is your guys' goal? Can we can we plug this on LinkedIn? Can I do a post on LinkedIn? Let's get this yeah. thing to however, however many we need. Well, we want to get at least, what was the number you gave last week? Was it 150? 158 to beat out another notable podcast yes <clears throat> nice so we got it wait, wait what time are you taking off today yeah what's that what time are you taking off today oh i'm here i mean i mean I'm, no i know I'm, you are but like once you close your laptop what are you doing i'm going to get a, a lobster roll rolling <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking i'm not joking see every time i do this podcast it, i'm I, it's like a meal period it's lunch it's dinner it's something it's it's 12 15 here but i'm ready to eat uh, yeah. again, in the concert, I don't know the concert seven, eight ish. I don't know, something like that. Cool. So it's about a mile from where I'm at. So yeah, we're ready to go. Let's Alex, go. You got any, you got any plans today, Alex? What am I doing today? Uh, well, you know, what's going, I mean, the weekend doing some golf. Um, we, we have, I have a tournament coming up at the beautiful Knollwood golf course, which is like an hour and a half from here. So I'm going to be practicing, um, tomorrow. So I'm going out with some some guys from our group uh, very early in the morning, going to play. Um, today is literally like after work, just like go for a run for like six or seven miles. I haven't really been able to exercise. I don't call, I don't count golf as exercise. It's like a lazy way of exercising, but it's still good. So I'm going to do some running. Um, I'm going to have my Blackbird Margarita for Friday night. I always do that with my wife. And um, yeah, just taking care of family and having fun and my my sister is in town over the weekend so we'll be hanging out with her there you go cool. all right uh how about you gavin what are you doing this weekend uh, i'm gonna finish up the work day i got a couple presentations i gotta build and then uh you know it's been it's been super hot out here so probably won't spend too much time outside um but uh i hope to get a workout in too cool you got to do an indoor peloton or something mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah no doubt all right, so this has been 
I put a ribbon on this. This has been episode 29 of Friday Vibes with special guest Gavin Conkle, director of sales at Blackbird Foods. Make sure to go to blackbirdfoods.com to pick it up. There's a store locator on their site, so you can find it in stores across the country, and they're expanding every day. So thanks, man, for being on and sharing your story. And I'm super happy for you. I think, you know, it's a great company and you're going to do great things there. You already are doing great things. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, brother. All right. So take good care. We'll see you all next week. And Wade, love you, brother. Have a wonderful day. Travel safe. Enjoy the concert. Enjoy the lobster roll. You're you're in paradise. Right on. (laughs) See you guys. See you. All right. Next Friday. See you guys then.